Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. I'm so pleased to have you along for this episode. Before we go ahead and get started with today's guest, let me just quickly remind you that you can find the show notes either on the podcast website, which is christianhistoricalfiction.buzzsprout.com, or over on my website, which is liztolsma.com. It's undergoing a bit of a revamp right now, so if you don't see the podcast there, then head over to christianhistoricalfiction.buzzsprout.com. You'll be able to find the show notes there, and there will be links to each of the books that we have talked about today for you to be able to find out more about them and to purchase your own copies. Also, be sure to join us on social media. You can find Christian Historical Fiction Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, because you know if it's happening in the world of Christian historical fiction, we are going to be talking about it. And that is actually exactly what we are going to be doing today. We're going to be talking a little bit about the state of Christian historical fiction with somebody who is really on the inside and who knows all about the trends in fiction today. And that is Acquisitions Editor Becky Germany from Barber Publishing. She has been working for Barber Publishing for quite a number of years and really has her fingers on the pulse of Christian historical fiction. Barber Publishing has been known for their historical fiction for a very long time and has published a lot of good quality material throughout the years. They have a series called the True Colors Crime Series that has been out for about two years or so now, maybe a little bit more than two years. And it's really a different and unique approach to publishing Christian fiction, where they've taken an idea, so there is an idea, a theme, or a thread that runs through each of the stories that are full-length novels but are written by different authors. So Becky is joining us today to talk a little bit about the True Colors crime series and some other series that Barber Publishing has coming up. Please help me in welcoming to the show today, Becky Germany. Welcome, Becky. We're so glad to have you with us. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Well, it's really neat to have you along. I have known you for quite a while. I won't say how many years because it'll age both of us. But (laughs) (laughs) I met you, I think, at one of the very first writers conferences I went to many, many years ago. I'm sure you don't even remember me, but I sat at your table at one of the breaks and that was the first time I ever met you. And we've been able to work together now for, I think, about a decade or so. So Could be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when A Log Cabin Christmas came out was in 2011. So it's been about a a decade. Yeah. Crazy. Time flies. It sure does. Why don't we start with you telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay. I am the fiction editor at Barber Publishing. I have been here since 1993, which is the same year I graduated from college. (laughs) And so I started that fall with Barber, started actually in 
kind of a customer service role and soon was promoted and had been in the fiction department ever since. So I've been able to grow with Barber, which is celebrating 40 years this year of existence. And we remain a small, now employee-owned company. And it's it's really nice <laughs> to be here. I am at home. I'm single, but I'm surrounded by a lot of pets. And in my spare time, I like to quilt. And right now I'm into baking sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the big thing during COVID. Everybody was getting into sourdough. You go on Pinterest and all you see are sourdough recipes. <laughs> I think that got me wanting to get back into it. I used to do it years ago and had some from Starter that dates back to my great-grandmother, which I had let die. So I got a new Starter just a few weeks ago and been playing around again. <laughs> Well, how cool that you could have a starter from your great-grandmother. I Already, you know, you get the wheels turning for a story going there, so. Yeah, that's true. That could be. <laughs> could be. Could be. I invited you onto the show to talk a little bit about the True Colors crime series. And we'll get into some of the other series that Barbara's doing, too. But I know that there have been a number of those books released with some still to come. You are the one, as I recall, who put the idea out there to different agents for this series, which is romantic suspense based on true historical American crimes. Correct. How did you come up with the idea for that series? Well, in my spare time, I often watch shows that are like Mysteries of the Museum or Mysteries of the Abandoned or even some true crime dramas. And so I have been seeing some of these um, historical crimes um, or serial killers, um, like the H.H. Holmes, the serial killer from the Chicago World's Fair. And I was intrigued and I was like, ooh, what if there's a character who survived a serial killer. And so that got me kind of thinking, could we do books based on that? Somehow those wheels started turning and I made a whole list of like serial killers or crime-like things from history. And then it took a little selling to the team that that wouldn't be gory and gross kind of subject matter. I'm like, no, we need to focus on courage and hope and resilience and you know the ability to recover from something traumatic as well as some, you know learning something interesting from history and so that's just kind of I guess how it started <laughs> so you watch like Dateline and things like that and some of that oh yeah love the history channel and any of those shows that give you a peek into weird things from history <laughs> That's the really neat thing about writing historical fiction and probably you with reading it is you learn things that you never knew before. And it's just kind of neat to, instead of reading a dry history book and memorizing, mm -hmm. you know, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, <laughs> you're actually kind of getting to live those events through the characters in the books. Oh, yeah. And I've always loved history and growing up on, with little... Little House on the Prairie or other type of history books or history fiction got the bug started for me. And it's surprising 
a number of historical things that still come up. I'm like, I never knew that happened. That would make a great story. Wow. (laughs) So the first, I believe it was six ideas, the first six books were ideas that you had a list of that you sent out to the agents and said, hey, have these ideas for books based on these crimes. Do you have anybody who might be interested in writing these? So you Mm -hmm. kind of alluded to it. But specifically, do you have any stories of how you came up with any of the ideas for the first six books in this series? Uh, Yeah, kind of just like what I said, uh, seeing some types of a show like Mysteries in the Museum that might have talked about the character. Or recently, I I don't know what show it was on, but I saw Belle Gunness was mentioned as a little tidbit in one of those shows again about how she was a serial killer in Indiana and wasn't sure exactly what happened to her in the final days of her life. And so I was interested to see that come back up. But yeah, it it just seems to be, oh, I also was doing some Googling and there's a, I probably couldn't find it again, but there was a blog that someone had started listing a lot of historical American crimes Like, oh, the cousins in Kentucky that Shannon McNear has written about who went on a killing spree in the 1700s. And they were kind of considered some of the America's first serial killers. But I I don't know who really gets that title. We'll probably never know who was the first to be a serial killer here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) When you were looking at the different proposals that came in and also thinking about the crimes that you wanted to have the books be about. Were there any criteria that you were looking at? You kind of alluded to the fact that the team didn't want it to be too gory. Yeah. Yeah, we needed to focus on primarily a fictional character who who could pull us aside from the crime and give us kind of an outsider's point of view. Some of our authors have delved into the killer's mind a little bit or someone even living with them who can give an up-close and personal view. But for the most part, we kind of keep an arm's length distance from the gore and the (laughs) day-to-day interaction with a serial killer. And always we want hope in the end and that hope of we can overcome a tragedy in life there's always a better tomorrow kind of attitude at the end and also how faith would play out in someone facing such danger in their life or how they might be helping a friend of theirs who was almost killed it plays out differently in each story but we don't ever show a gruesome killing in detail, none of that is never the point. <laughs> it's all about the resilience and the personal triumphs. Barber has been known throughout its 40-year history, mostly for its sweet romance. I mean, when I came into the business in the early 2000s, that was really what Barber was all about. And you wouldn't dare pitch a romantic suspense based on a true crime to I would not have walked up to you in 2002 and pitched something like that to you because you probably would have just 
laughed in my face. So is Barbara getting away from that a little bit? Or we're doing this kind of in conjunction with this? And and why have you branched out a little bit? Well, I think we've grown as the Christian reader has grown in what we are willing to tackle, even in romance, the idea of tackling abuse or addictions, and even sometimes even the wording of things that we wouldn't have been willing to 40 years ago. Heart Song started in 92, so not 40 years, but even when Heart Song started, we had to tread very carefully, but our audience was also primarily older audience. So as the audience has changed and our ability to face obstacles in this world and look at them through real glasses, you know, no, not looking at them through the stained glass type of glasses, we can start to tackle some of these things a little more realistically. Though I do think we still want to be a, a safe place for readers to escape and then We don't want to force them to read something too gruesome, too dark, too traumatic, per se. We still want to be an uplifting read in the end. So you mentioned that primarily at the beginning, it was older readers. Do you think that these romantic suspenses, the true colors crimes, are going to appeal not only to the older readers, but to the younger readers as well, and maybe draw in some of those younger readers? Yeah, I definitely think they have a broad appeal. My 89-year-old aunt is just reading a couple of them and enjoys them. She really enjoys suspense. But I also think it would appeal broadly down to a teen reader for the suspense and the unique twists on history. Yeah. I know my son is very excited because I'm going to be going down to visit him. He wants me to bring some copies of some of the books because he's very interested in them. So I would agree, very very wide appeal down to, you know, a young man in his mid-20s who's excited to read it. So you never know. Well, some of them are have some strong romance thread and others, the romance kind of sometimes does take a backseat to that suspense. We still wanted the romance in there because, you know, we like romance and we thought it would be also a nice balance to the the suspense. (laughs) Right. You had been doing a lot of novella collections. You started with the nine-in-ones and then sort of moved to the four-in-ones. And now it seems like there's a shift to these series. So they're full-length novels, but written by different authors. Is that the trend that you see going forward? At least for now, yeah. In our market, it seems like the novella collection interest among our buyers had kind of declined. They didn't want one of those a month. It was getting a little maybe old to them. So we wanted something to refresh. And we thought an unin you know, a series that had a like a heart song, a never ending series was not what we really wanted to get into. So we were thinking well, what could we create excitement every couple of years of something new? And so these short series of about 12 books each is what we've landed on as a way to just keep something fresh and new coming. So as we're doing True Colors, now we're also doing releases of Doors to the Past. 
And as True Colors ends, we'll start another one to release simultaneously with Doors to the Past. So try to keep something fresh and new in, in the market. I guess back to the novella collections, we're still doing some, but probably only a maybe four a year instead of 12 a year. So there's still possibilities there for the collections, which people do still love, just not maybe in the abundance that we were publishing before. Now, you mentioned about 12 books in these series. I know for True Colors, there are 10 out right now. And just for the listeners, I will let them know that it's The White City by Grace Hitchcock, The Pink Bonnet by myself, The Yellow Lantern by Angie Dickin, The Gray Chamber, again, by Grace Hitchcock, The Blue Cloak by Shannon McNear, The Green Dress by myself, The Black Midnight by Kathleen Ibarbo, uh, The Red Ribbon by Pepper Basham, The Gold Digger by myself, and then just this month, The Purple Nightgown by A.D. Lawrence released. And then I have a release, The Silver Shadow is coming out in May. So that makes 11. So are there more after The Silver Shadow? There'll be one more, The Scarlet Pen by Jennifer Ulrich. I'm going to butcher her name. Sorry, Jennifer. But that'll be the last release, the 12th release. Okay. So this series has been going on for how many years now? Oh, gosh. I'd have to look (laughs) it up, the the release of the first book. it's only taking us, I think we're doing one every other month, so it's only about two years to get through releasing it. Now, you did allude to there being other series. You mentioned The Doors to the Past. Yes. So that one is going on right now, correct? It just started with the release of The Lady in Residence by Allison Pittman. And the next in the line is Hope Between the Pages by Pepper Basham. And we do have planned out 12 of those also and those are split time which are kind of fun to do those and they all take place at American landmarks some of them you know well known some lesser known but places that you could go and visit and discover history on your own. Is this the first time that Barbara has published anything that's split fiction? Actually no We had done years ago a series with Becky Melby called The Lost Sanctuary. And at the time, that was split time was pretty new. I mean, we didn't really even know it was a thing. And I can't remember if we've done any others that are exactly like that since. I do remember that series by Becky Melby and just thinking it was really cool having the two different time periods and seeing how they came together. And like you said, I had never read anything like it before and didn't know what it was a thing. So it'll be very interesting to see these coming out. Now, I have read A Lady in Residence and really enjoyed it. So we'll be looking forward to Pepper's book and the rest that are coming out later on as well. And you have another series, too, that's starting, don't you? We do. We decided to look at World War II and look at the women who often get overshadowed in the, some of the history books, especially those who, well, didn't do things, I guess, that would make the history books. They were living day-to-day lives, trying to survive or trying to help the war effort, and their stories didn't necessarily rise to the top of adventures, but they made a big difference. And so we're going to look at women in both the home front of the U.S., but also in some 
locations overseas also, from England to France and that kind of thing. But focusing on the women and things that they did that were very valuable to the war effort and to overcoming the enemy. So what is the first one in that series going to be? That's The Cryptographer's Dilemma by Johnny Alexander, releasing in August of 2021. It's about a young woman who works for the FBI, breaking codes. And this story, they bring her some letters that are written about dolls, but they look really strange and they think that there might be more to it. And so she joins with an FBI agent who's, of course, handsome and single. And they try to figure out if there's more to these letters and if somebody is actually passing along information to Japan through letters about dolls. <laughs> well, that sounds really interesting. And World War II is very hot right now. So that should be a really good series. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. Going back to the True Colors Crime series, the covers of each and every one of those books are absolutely stunning. What goes into making a cover like that? <laughs> More than I get involved in. We have a great design team. Basically, the author and I give some ideas of what might work on a cover. And very often we do draw from stock photography that's out there that we can license. And I give it to our girls and they go design something. And the approach they took with this series of having like black and white with a touch of color was a little bit of my suggestion, but really it was, they took something and ran with it on their own. And I'm real pleased with what they developed. They are. They're absolutely gorgeous. So where should the listeners go if they want more information about the True Colors crime series? Well, there's barberbooks.com and we do have our Christian fiction Facebook group. It lists upcoming fiction there just as a page that people can follow. Okay, that would be great. And that way we can keep up with what's coming up from Barber Publishing. Do you have any last words for the listeners? I just want to thank you for having me today. It's been good to talk to you. We're always open to hearing new ideas from readers even and writers who think something would be good for publishers to tackle and what they'd like to be reading. I do miss going, getting out to writers conferences and meeting the authors out there. Hopefully in the year to come or two, we'll start doing that again and fellowshipping and sharing ideas that way. I really enjoy that. But I guess for now, we'll just have to rely on podcasts and such to share our ideas. Well, it's been great having you. We thank you for taking time out of what I'm sure is a very busy day to chat with us a little bit and tell us what's coming up from Barber Publishing. So thank you. Thanks for having me. That's about all the time that we have for today's show. Thank you once again to Becky Germany for being such a terrific guest. It was such a pleasure to have her on and to chat with her and to find out a little bit more about what's happening, at least in Barber's Corner of Christian Historical Fiction. If you are not already following Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform, please be sure to do so and be sure to follow us on 
Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That way you can keep up with us and you can be the first to know when new episodes release. If you would like the show notes from this show with links to the books so that you can find out more about them and can purchase your own copies, please go to either my website, which is liztolsma.com, or because it's under construction, you may not be able to find everything you need over there. You can go over to Christian Historical Fiction dot buzzsprout.com and the show notes will be there as well and you can get the links to the books in that spot also be sure to join us next week when we have author amanda cabot stopping by for a chat i'm so excited to have her here and we're going to be talking about her new book which is dreams rekindled it sounds like a really, really good read. I have part of it read. I'm looking forward to finishing the rest of it. So be sure to join us next time when we chat with Amanda Cabot. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and we will see you soon. Mm-hmm.